What's up, hooppreneurs? I have not said that very often. It's basically a hooper and an entrepreneur, which we call basketball trainers. Still haven't really clicked yet. I don't think that one has caught on. But five reasons, going right into the podcast, five reasons why I personally have not gone into the process of getting a basketball training facility. Now, if you already have one, kudos to you. You are doing what all basketball trainers want to do. I hope you're in a great market. I hope everything's working for you on the the business end, on the financial end. There are just some caveats for me that while definitely have a down payment, plenty of a down payment to purchase a loan, to get some leverage, and to get a basketball court, hardwood court in a certain area. Now, speaking of area, the first reason one of the first reasons is area. It is very challenging to find the right location, a great location to pick where you want to build and set up shop. There are a lot, and these are in no particular order, really, but there are a lot of contingencies with setting up a basketball court. And when you think about something like hardwood, you get less warranty for the hardwood than you do for the modular surfacing. But when it comes to the hardwood, you have to make sure all of the outside, all of the surrounding areas are pretty much perfect because water is the enemy of hardwood floors. The drainage system needs to be appropriate so that you don't end up spending more money than what you would budget it for or expect it because of some ancillary unexpected events that make you pay more in the end. So there is always a risk that something on the outside costs you more money than what you originally thought it would. Uh, So the first thing is area. Finding a location is very challenging. One, where people are willing to travel to and two is a destination for sure, but not too much of a destination where it, it cuts into your current clientele base. So area is always a challenge, has been a challenge for us personally. Two, making sure that those contingencies don't wipe us out if we don't have the perfect area to put hardwood court down. Uh, Another thing would be the debt to service ratio. So while you or and I may have the money for a down payment to pull out a loan for a sports facility, for a court, for the goals, for all the other things that need to go into the area, it depends on what that debt to service ratio is. I, for one, I don't like that at all. I, I'm I'm kind of on my Dave Ramsey kick right now and have not transitioned over to a Robert Kiyosaki type mindset when it comes to that. But when it comes to the to the debt to service ratio, what I mean is you put down $20,000 for a $60,000 loan. And for that $60,000 loan, they may want their money back, they being the investor, the bank, the lender, the whoever it is, the lien holder is going to want their money back in, let's say, 10 years. Can you afford to pay that principal on that payment every single month? Can you also afford to pay the interest on that every single month, along with the lease that you're going to have to pay for every single month? And on top of that, if you have wood, are you going to be able to pay for the warranty once it wears out or once it expires, that is going to also help you out with uh, the screening and the recoding. The cost of that could be a grip. So there's a lot of other costs that come with it that you and I may not know about. One, once the warranty wears out, it's going to cost even more. 
The screening and recoding is something that needs to be done maybe once or twice every single year. The sanding and refinishing is going to be done maybe every five years. So, and who knows? Like it, it varies on how much those things cost you, but those are extra costs that are going to be at least anywhere between two thousand to five to ten thousand dollars every single time you need them. So the sanding for sure will be more expensive. The screening and recoding will be less expensive, but it is an expense. So the debt. From the principal that you need to pay back, the interest you need to pay back, and the lease that you're going to have to pay for the new location, and the screening and recoding you're going to need every single year, those things start to add up. And your margins gets razor, razor thin when you think about it, especially if you have a a smaller space in which you are training. You have lower capacity limited capacity that you have to that you get to fill and limited capacity means you have to charge more money to make sure that you aren't hurting yourself in the long run so it was as nice as it is to have a training facility there's so many things that come to mind with what needs to work for you to make it work financially for yourself so the area was the first thing like it is tough to find the ideal area along with not just the location that customers are willing to come to, but also an area where the drainage system, where water, where all these other things won't interfere and mess up with your investment. Number two, monetization, sorry, the debt to service ratio. So can you afford, can we afford the debt from the loan for the principal that we have to pay back over the course of a certain period of time, the interest that we have to pay back and the sanding and, and refinishing and the screening and recoding and all those other extra costs that come with being in that gym and the lease as well. And this is all things that are, are can be put down on the budget so you can actually see what it needs, what money you need to make in order to really be profitable because nobody wants to break even every single month and pay yourself as well. Like that's important. If you're not paying yourself, then how are you doing it? So second thing, or third thing, I guess, I kind of forget where I am now, monetization during the daytime. So when you have this new facility, it's sitting empty usually during the daytime unless you have badminton, unless you have volleyball, unless you have some kind of personal trainer in there, some yoga instructor. You are in an idle space. You're paying for an idle space during the daytime unless you're in the three or four months of the summer that kids are out of school. That is just time that you are not being productive, that you are wasting your investment there. So what could you be doing? Are you creating content? Are you training people who are in homeschool? Do you have a personal trainer? Do you have a yoga instructor? Do you have something that can monetize during those slow periods or those non-existent or non-busy periods at all? That's a scary thought. You may have less revenue per customer because you are uh, spending more time in the gym, in the facility, and maybe not charging as much to get people in there. But at the same time, you have more money that can help you take care of that lease, take care of that court, take care of that principal, the insurance, the the interest, the, all the things that come with the investment. Third, market share. Now, depending on your geographic area, you may or may not have what it takes in terms of population size to pull from enough interested parents and players to take care of what it is you need to make this investment in a sports facility work. The market share is very important. If you're in LA versus uh, somewhere in Alabama where they don't really care about basketball as much, I can't think of a, a town um, 
I was going to say Tuscaloosa, but the Tuscaloosa may be great. But I, I know for a fact, L.A., Los Angeles, has a much larger population size than Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So it's going to be easier to pull the needed clientele in L.A. than it will be in, in Alabama, in Greenville, South Carolina, in anywhere else that you're thinking about. So the market share, the market size is what I should say. The market size is very, very, very important, especially if you have more competitors in that local area another reason and probably the most most uh let me say important but one of the really key reasons is shrewd landlords i've seen it i've been a part of it shrewd landlords meaning you don't own this pro i even had somebody who sells courts basketball training facilities they create it they construct it i even had somebody who does this tell me he doesn't advise me purchasing a court building a facility out unless I own the property. And it makes sense because you have these leasehold improvements and these capital improvements for a property that you don't really own. And what happens if your lease doesn't renew? What happens if that that landlord sees the blueprint and then decides, hey, you're out of there? And what if you don't have a portable court? Portable courts cost more than the, the permanent courts and portable hardwood courts cost more than the permanent hardwood courts and the pro, the portable courts are also less comfortable, usually, and more expensive, usually. So what are the options there? Shrewd landlords are all over the place, unless you just get it reduced to writing, which you may need a lawyer to help you out with that litigation and that, that wording. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. And again, I've seen the shrewd landlords, not as many as others, but I've been told enough to where I believe them about those horror stories that a lot of people just do not want to tell or share. So those are my reasons. The area, making sure the contingencies are are, are not there that will cost more money than it will get you, uh, than it will gain for you. The area, the market size, the debt that comes along with it, the monetization during the daytime and shrewd landlords. Uh, that that are the, Those are the reasons, the main reasons why I think it is wise, at least right now, with the increase in construction costs, to hold on investing in a sports facility. But again, if you already have this set up, man, kudos to you. Let's make it work. I would be glad to help however I can, just with the business acumen, the limited business acumen I have. I hope it's working for you guys. I hope you aren't one of those horror stories that are suffering in silence right now uh, with the court. Somebody could use that information and maybe you could use some help too. Thank y'all. I will check you out on the next podcast episode. Yo, hope that podcast gave you some value. If it did, please rate, review, and subscribe to this. It only makes the podcast better. I read every single one. And at the very least, go join our group. You'll see the link in the description of this episode. And I will catch you on the next one.